1: it is sny.tv's the juice on the cuse podcast covering syracuse basketball lacrosse and football
2: today on the juice on the Cues podcast on sny.tv we'll be talking about the start of the syracuse lacrosse season and a frustrating loss for the basketball team I'm Wes Chang, and I'll be joined later by Brad Bierman and our guest today's former Syracuse lacrosse defenseman, Tom Guadagnolo. Tom, how are you today? It's great to talk to you.
0: Yeah, thanks, Wes. Thanks for having me. Uh, it's going good. You know, revisiting in my mind a game from this past weekend that Keys played, which I'm not sure if you watched.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I definitely watched it and certainly want to discuss that in a bit. But before we do, we'll get you started on this one. You played at Syracuse from 2008 to 2011. So you've been gone for Syracuse for over a decade now. Catch us up on what you've been up to since then.
0: Oh, I've been up to a lot. Been uh real busy. Got a family going, um married to uh my wife Taylor, who's awesome, who's actually a women's lacrosse player. And uh we have a little baby boy, Tommy, together. Um and we live down in New Jersey, just outside of New York City. And both of us work in uh the medical device field actually. So we uh we had a busy life down here. Um, but, you know, always trying to stay current and catch up with the current Q-slack stuff going on.
2: You appeared in 55 games throughout your Syracuse playing career, and when you were a senior in 2011, you started all 17 games at close defense. You were part of the last two national championships, Syracuse won in 2008 and 2009. What's your favorite memory from your Syracuse playing days?
0: Oh, I have a lot of favorite memories. I mean, I, I was part of an amazing crew. Um, I mean, my, my class alone um, was just great. I, I'm still very close with a lot of guys from that that group, and um, I, I can't even pinpoint one of my favorites. You know, I, all the guys every year I was there were a great experience. That's definitely one of the best things you take away from Syracuse uh, lacrosse. It's just an amazing atmosphere. But I think my, probably my most memorable was, believe it or not, my freshman year where my role was probably a little smaller, just getting to play with my older brother Kyle, who was a senior and a captain on the team. We won national championship together. Uh, you know that was that was quite the experience growing up in the uh, Onondaga area and always being at circus lacrosse games and watching the Gates and and the Jim Morrissey's and then the Powells and then and then us being able to roll in and do the same thing in uh, the dome. You know where we watched so many of our idols. It was it was a cool experience being on the squad together.
2: You just mentioned going to games growing up and watching the Gate brothers. Obviously the big news in the off season was that John Desco retired and now Gary Gate is the head coach. What did you think of the coaching change?
0: Look, I, I loved coach Desco. I mean, he was awesome. Um, you know, I got very close with him my senior year and, you know, I still take, stay in touch with him from now, uh, you know, here and there, uh, now, but, I mean, sometimes things, you know, you just had your time, and I think that, uh, you know, Gary is an amazing guy. I- I've never had him as a coach, but I've I played with him. I've played in, you know, some of the pickup games and alumni games with him. I mean, he's he's just like an an all-round uh, just asset to the game of lacrosse. I mean, he's fun. He's serious. He he obviously is, is very knowledgeable and he's done everything that he's asking his players to do. So that, that's a big thing that I think, um, whether or not things click immediately, um, he's been through everything. He's, you know, he's obviously coached the women successful. He's coached men's indoor, the USA team. He's, he's done a lot in his career. And I, I just think that having someone like him at the helm of the program is, I mean, you can't go wrong. Um, you know, maybe people are a little stagnant to think that now that the season has started and it's been tough. But, you know, I also look at, like, where they stand in the midst of their schedule. They've got a tough schedule, and I think that, that Gary's going to bet on himself when he he plays these these hard matchups the second time around. And, you know, losing in February is, is not the end of the world. I, I think that the future of the program is in the best hands possible right now.
2: You started talking about it, but Syracuse is one and two on the season now, and they just played the number one and two teams in the country in Maryland and Virginia. What did you think of the team's performance so far?
0: I, you know, I, I think a lot of it is um, is positive. You know, what they were able to do against Maryland alone just shows the grittiness and and the willing to dig. I, I think I think that's something that teams either have or they don't, and these guys at least showed that they have it. Um, you know, early on in the in the season, it's not the end of the world taking some of the losses they're taking. I think a lot of it, even this past weekend, was they just got beat between the lines more than anywhere else. Um, you know, Coach Petromala, I don't know him, but I mean, I know his reputation and the defense from what I could see, it, it looks, you know, for, for the most part, it looks solid when they're in a 6-on-6 setting. Guys aren't getting beat. I mean, you know, Brett Kennedy is fantastic. I, I, I just think, Um, they're in a good spot. It just sometimes takes a little more than just having good players. It takes, you know, meshing. It takes uh, getting in a groove. You know, that's something maybe the offense hasn't quite found from what I can see, but it's, it's hard to always tell what's going on from the outside looking in without knowing what they're trying to do, what they're trying to accomplish. And, you know, I'm sure Gary's looking at all these guys he has who are good, you know, great athletes, good lacrosse players, and he's trying to figure out where's the best spot to put them all. That's that's a more difficult equation to figure out, I think, offensively than just defensively. But I, I'm sure they'll end up getting there.
2: And Tom, we'll get you out of here on this one. Put your coaching hat on here, and if you were Coach Guadagnolo right now, what would you tell the Syracuse lacrosse team? You
0: know, I, I would tell them that this is motivation to keep, keep digging in you know we they've proved that they're a good team they they've proved that they're uh they're able to play and beat anybody i mean the maryland game could have gone very differently and even the virginia game was close at some points you know i just think um they need to believe in gary and I, i'm sure i'm sure they do and i'm sure gary's working them towards exactly where where the team needs to be i mean it's, it's not something that happens overnight i mean sometimes these you know it, it takes a little run it might take a, a, a pickup game you know maybe a game against Hobart this weekend where I would hope that we outmatch them but it's still going to be a grind because Hobart always plays as well maybe that's what it takes you know something a little bit of an emotional at home win to get things going and then hopefully they can turn it on um you know I, I think there's a lot of positives I think uh if I had to put my my coaching hat on, I'd probably just pull one of John Galloway's pregame speeches out because I, I like what he's doing with his team down there. That, that's that's what I would actually do. I'd take, take that back. I would just say what John's been saying to Jacksonville. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Tom, appreciate you coming on the program again. Former Syracuse lacrosse defenseman Tom Guadagnolo. Tom, thanks so much for your insights. Enjoy the rest of the college lacrosse season. We'll speak with you soon. Yes, yeah, sounds good. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Awesome catching up with Tom Guadagnolo, and I'm now joined over the phone by the Juice Online Editor-in-Chief and my very good friend, Brad Bierman. Brad, how are you today? I am doing well, Wes. Thank you. Brad, Syracuse with a frustrating 88-79 overtime loss to North Carolina on Monday night. Much like the Wake Forest game in January, Syracuse had the lead in the closing moments but couldn't inbound the ball, and that turnover cost them their 16th win of the season. What did you see in the loss?
3: As you alluded to, Wes, we, we've seen this uh, before this season, haven't we? And this loss to North Carolina, to me, was kind of like the epitome of the season. First of all, when you go back, you know we, we know, we knew coming into the season that there were going to be a lot of unanswered questions that had to be answered as it played out with new starters in the starting lineup. And then the early injury to Barama Sidibe that really, you know, started that whole process. And going into the North Carolina game, there was another injury, this time to Samir Torrance. So an already thin roster was that much more uh, thinner and giving Jim Beheim less options uh, during the course of a game. And then, like you pointed out, what we've seen from this team as the season has progressed, playing good teams competitively, being in games down to the end of the wire – and then making a mistake at the end that costs them a victory. As you said, the similarities with the inbounds play in the, the final minute of the game, Syracuse with the lead, just have to get the ball inbound, uh, get it in, and, and see if you can draw a foul, get to the foul line and extend that lead and pull off a, you know, a really tough win on the road in the ACC against a team that you've never beaten on their home court in conference play. And, of course, that didn't happen. Now, I will give a lot of credit to Joe Girard for hitting a very tough jump shot to send the game into overtime, but we kind of saw that and kind of felt that as uh, the Tar Heels got that initial run in OT, it was kind of a uh uh-oh moment, and this wasn't going to go Syracuse's way in the end. And I I think we've seen that as as the whole season has progressed. And, And let's face it, we've talked about it all season, Wes? There hasn't been any sort of season like this in terms of the number of defeats in Jim Boeheim's 46 years. Very unusual season, not an unusual ending to this game against North Carolina during this particular season.
2: So, Brad, it all comes down to Saturday now against Miami. If Syracuse wins, they'll guarantee at least a 500 season after the ACC tournament. If they lose, it'll be the first time in Jim Boeheim's storied coaching career that he ends with a losing regular season. Do you see Syracuse getting the win on Saturday to avoid it?
3: Short answer, yes. Wes, yes. (laughs) So, uh, I've got to think that he's going to have them playing at their best competitive level Hopefully they get Samir Torrance back. Just important to add depth to the roster, options to have uh, at Jim Beheim's disposal off the bench during the game. This is a Miami team that uh, top four in the ACC this year. Syracuse played very well in the first half of the game against them in Miami. In January, it fell apart in the second half looking to see if this is going to be kind of the opposite of the two Florida State games this year. Syracuse winning on the road in December at Florida State, blowing a lead in the Dome to lose to FSU uh, during uh, during January. I'm kind of thinking that with so much on the line, this is the likely final game has, has been talked about for Jimmy and Buddy Beheim. The Beheims going out. Uh, in the final regular season appearance in the Dome for their father. Uh, We've seen improved play, obviously, from Cole Swider having a career Syracuse game against UNC, Frank and playing a little bit better uh, as the season has gone on, as he's had to fill in for Jesse Edwards. And Joe Girard, you know, we know he can be hot or cold, and Thinking that he's going to have you know at least a, a warm game if you will from a from a temperature standpoint, so crowd home crowd, so much on the line to avoid a, a, a losing record in the regular season. I'm going to say yes with a little bit of uh, you know being tentative uh, somewhat, but I'm going to say yes that, that Syracuse can find a way to somehow eke out this victory and have a tad bit of momentum going
2: into the ACC tournament in Brooklyn. And Brad, we're right at the end of our show. Your closing thoughts.
3: I know West lacrosse was an earlier theme in the podcast, and that's what I wanted to uh, mention in the final thought to Syracuse lacrosse fans have to have some patience. This is a very tough schedule in Gary Gates first season. It's going to take time to develop exactly what they're looking to do, both from an offensive and defensive perspective, And the schedule is just simply murder. These are great teams. Just about every game, as I see the rest of the way, you can't even discount road games against Albany and Stony Brook. Going to be competitive. Those teams are going to give Syracuse its best game. And we know about the other ACC teams, how good they are. We've already seen that in Virginia. We've already seen playing the number one team in Maryland. It's not going to get any easier with the Army game this week in the Dome, ranked ahead of Syracuse in this week's poll. Not going to be easy against upstate rivals Hobart and Cornell, and certainly not going to be easy against teams like Johns Hopkins on the road. It's, it's time to be patient and let the recruiting with great recruits, let that uh, come to full uh, fruition. Uh, there, there's talent on the way next season. Uh, there's just quite not quite enough offensive firepower. I think the loss of Owen Hiltz was is really uh, really hurting the team from from that perspective. It's going to take a while for some of the young talent on the roster to develop this year. Uh, the defense has certainly played better, um, and, and the goalie play has has, has certainly been uh, something that is is there. Uh, it's just you're playing against teams with a lot of sharpshooters and a lot of scoring uh, offense of their own. So it's time to be patient, uh, see how the season plays out. If it doesn't go exactly according to form and the team is very close or even misses out on the NCAA tournament, I don't think it's time to look down on the program because good things are in the future.
2: Brad, my closing thoughts are on 2022 Syracuse basketball recruit Judah Mintz. The four-star combo guard and top 50 player in the 2022 class took an official visit to Syracuse this weekend for the Duke game. Mintz, a former Pittsburgh commit, would be Syracuse's highest-ranked player in what would be a six-man class. Syracuse is in his top four along with DePaul, NC State, and Wake Forest. He'll visit the Demon Deacons this weekend before making his decision later in March. Here's hoping he selects the Orange. That's it for us. For Brad Bierman, this is Wes Chang reminding you that batteries are the most dramatic object of all the objects because other things stop working or they break, but batteries, they die. You've been listening to the Juice on the Cues podcast on SNY.TV, and we'll see you next time. This has been the Juice on the Cues podcast, part of the SNY.TV
1: audio network. Looking for a fun way to win 25 times your money this football and basketball season? of more than 7 million players who have already signed up. Right now, Price Picks will match your first deposit up to $100. Just visit com slash play100 and use code PLAY100. That's code PLAY100 at prizepix.com slash play100 for a first deposit match up to $100. PrizePix, daily fantasy sports made easy.